we got the alternative energy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show. I'm KA. Part of this week's Rad Show has been recorded on the unceded lands of the Wadjuk Noongar, or better known as Perth. On this week's Rad Show, you'll hear the recordings from the Leonora Public Meeting held on Wongatha Country that was held after this year's Walkadura Walkabout in the goldfields of Western Australia. The Walkadura Walkabout is a one-month protest walk from August to September from the gates of the proposed Waluna Uranium Mine to the proposed Kamiko Iliri Uranium Mine and then finishing at Leonora. The public meeting was really well attended by local people and we heard from dual native title holder Vicky Abdullah and we heard from Senator Rachel Seawert and Piers Vestegan from the Conservation Council of Western Australia who all spoke at the public meeting. I'd like to acknowledge and give a massive thanks to Juma Pulka, Aboriginal radio station in Kalgoorlie, to Debbie and Libby Carmody, who recorded these this important meeting and gave me permission to use here on 3CR radio. So Kato Mua emceed the meeting, and Kato has been a long-time activist and one of the founding members of the Western Australian Nuclear Free Alliance. He's a leader of the Nalia tribe and an applicant on the Matjanjara Nalia people's native title claim. We pick up the meeting and the recordings from the beginning of Vicky Abdullah, who's a dual native title holder, her speech that she gave and, and is an applicant and main spokesperson for the Supreme Court case with the Conservation Council of Western Australia, which you'll, you'll hear more about later. Um, hello, good morning everyone. I'm just going to be talking about our walk we just finished. Um, we do a one-month um, walk through from Toro's Gate to Yuleri and here to Lenora. It was very wonderful, a beautiful crowd coming out on the walk, different faces, but we, uh, the organisers, you see our face all the time. It was very amazing back on country because on country you feel the difference, feel our ancestors sometimes, feel everything, our animals. And, um, and we talk to our country. We... Um, Sometimes I sit down by myself and you can feel it. And you can hear those people, our people talking. Every other one, all these young ones even telling us our different story about what they do. But for us, I speak from my heart about our country. To see some of the changes and what's happening around our area. Um, later on, I think, we'll be showing you our um, film, and other people will be speaking about it, and hopefully we'll see everyone out on the walk again. Thank you. Thank you, Vicky. Um, so now we're moving on. We've got uh, three esteemed individuals uh, who will uh, give us uh, you know, a few words on the movement and what's happening in the uh, broader national space. Um, so without much further ado, we'll welcome Senator Rachel Seward. 
Hi folks. Um, first off, I'd like to acknowledge and pay my respect to the Wangatha people um, and acknowledge this always was, always will be Aboriginal land. And also ask you to join me in acknowledging that we have a lot of unfinished business in this country. This land was never ceded. Um, we need to address the issues of sovereignty and treaty and justice in this nation. Thank you for inviting me to come out. Um, I was so disappointed that I wasn't able to join the walk. Um, you, I have in the past been on a walk, um, or at least part of it. Um, but this year, unfortunately, I wasn't able to uh, make any of it because of parliamentary commitments. But um, when KA said, oh, but we're, we're coming into Leonora, I said, right, I'm there. Um, I'm so glad that I have been able to come up and meet with you. Congratulations for the walk. Some of you, I'm sure, have been on the whole thing and perhaps some of you have been uh, there for part of the journey. I was talking to Dominic a little bit earlier and, and we were talking about the importance of the walk and connection to country and for non-Aboriginal people particularly to learn the importance of connection to country and what it means and what uranium mining would mean to this particular bit of the country. It's so important that we continue to oppose uranium mining and so it's so important that we keep campaigning, keeping it off the agenda. And I know Piers is going to talk about the, the court case, um, try and use every possible method to uh, keep uh, uranium mining uh, off uh, the agenda. Uh, where federal government um, is involved here is because it is uh, uranium mine, it's one of those uh, issues that comes up under the Environmental Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act, so that um, it has to require a federal government decision as well. And the court case is paying into that uh, federal government decision, and Scott and I, before Scott left, he was asking questions, I've taken up now asking questions around Stigerfauna. Uh, the, minister for the, the new Minister for the Environment, I suspect, is going to have to learn what they are, um, but we're obviously following that up under the EPBC Act and uh, the process. What I very quickly um, wanted to talk about was the waste dump. Uh, this is not the first time that we will have seen off a uh, waste dump uh, uh, for nuclear waste in this state. Um, there's been other attempts. People remember when they wanted to put in Pangea up at uh, Laverton. Um, so they then went off to look at other waste sites. There's been attempts, previous attempts in South Australia, then of course Muckety, um, where the Greens and Scott leading the charge with me as whip sort of backing him up, um, managed to keep the Muckety legislation off. I think it's sort of a bit of a record for how long we could keep that legislation off a parliamentary debate. We're quite proud of that. Um, but as we know, that's now been seen uh, off um, out of uh, Muckety. Uh, they've gone back to South Australia. Now, what there is happening is there's a private company trying to establish the, the dump here, but politicians from South Australia are trying to get that dump here. They know how bad it is. They don't want it in South Australia, so they're actually lobbying, and they have been speaking in the Senate about saying, oh, don't put it in South Australia, put it in Leonora. Now, the, one of the politicians pushing that is Rex Patrick, who is a member of Central Alliance. And for those of you that don't know who Central Alliance is, it's the Nick Xenophon team. They changed their name. So here we've got a politician who's supposed to be on the, in the middle, in the centre, now uh, lobbying to get a waste dump here in Leonora. So we are going... Sorry? For, and it's from South Australia. So he's a South Australian politician 
saying not in our backyard, have it in their backyard, have it in, have it in, uh, in Leonora, which people of course think, oh well it's okay, there's only a few people there, that's alright, it's Aboriginal land so that's okay, um, well it's not okay, um, we will continue to oppose this waste dump, we will continue to lobby against it, both at a, and Robin will talk about state government efforts, but at a national effort, I'm here committing to you that we will do everything we can, the same as we fought so hard to keep that waste dump out of the Northern Territory and uh, the, at Muckety, um, to get rid of that, we will do the same here. So we're with you all the way. We will continue to campaign to oppose this waste dump, to oppose the mine and mining, uranium mining, but also to oppose this dump because it, it, is, not, uh, it is not a good idea. The other thing is, of course, they'll say, it's, uh, you know, it's only for Australian waste. It won't be. The attraction for international waste, the same as when they're talking about it elsewhere, um, there's a strong attraction for international waste to come here once they have a waste dump established because around the world they're looking for places to dump this, I was just about to swear but I won't, uh, this uh, material, um, the other word started with an S, sorry, um, to dump this waste and so they will think, oh Ray, we've hit the jackpot, we can get it in. So we'll also be seeing international waste dumped here, I have no doubt, and of course the transport uh, that entails as well. So we will keep campaigning against uranium mining, the same as we always have and always will, but continuing to look at new uh, techniques for campaigning. Um, but we'll also be opposing the waste dump and we'll be following this up and speaking strongly about it in the Senate so that uh, Central Alliance and other politicians that want to move it out of South Australia don't look into um, this state and try and dump it here. Thank you. Uh, Senator Rachel Seward. Okay, so moving on to the list then, we've got uh, Piers Vestigan. And uh, yeah, so over to you, Piers. Oh, keep the hat on. <laughs> they won't recognise you. Hi, everyone. I'm Piers from Conservation Council. Great to see some um, friendly faces right up here in Leonora and great to be on country. Uh, can I also pay my respects to the traditional owners uh, and everyone who's been walking across country for... Um, quite a few days now and some cold nights I've heard so um, good on you for your endurance this is a campaign that requires endurance and um, being from the Conservation Council we've hosted a West Australian uh, nuclear free campaign uh, for many years now uh, Mia Pepper you would know was in that uh, role and now it's uh, KA and she's been uh, helping walking with you on country but also working on a number of other things uh, related to this issue. So I just wanted to fill you in on a few of those uh, things that are going on in terms of what's happening in government, uh, what's happening in the courts. Uh, you've, you, you would have heard about the, uh, the court case that we've got uh, uh, with traditional owners, uh, Auntie Vicky uh, and Auntie Shirley, um, and, um, and that's been a really important exercise, uh, not just in testing the previous government's environmental approval for that uh, uranium mine, uh, but also in bringing together uh, two really key aspects of the environmental movement here in Western Australia. One is, of course, the anti-nuclear uh, alliance, and the other one is our desire to see and protect uh, biodiversity and wildlife. And that mine proposal was rejected by the EPA because it would cause extinctions of Steiger fauna, underground species, uh, as, as you know. 
Uh, and then the Environment Minister went ahead and approved it despite that recommendation by the EPA to not allow it to go ahead. Now, people often say to me when I'm talking about this in the city, they say, it doesn't matter, it's a long way away, and what, what do you care about those underground things for? We've never even seen them. Who cares about them? And the thing that I say to them is, you've got to understand how legislation works and how legal precedent works, because if we allow an approval to stand which knowingly causes the extinction of species, any species, doesn't matter how far away they are or how obscure they are, that sets a legal precedent that means the government can approve the extinction of any species anywhere. And we are not going to allow that precedent to stand. We are going to stand and fight against that precedent uh, and that's why, and part of the reason why we're taking this court case uh, with the traditional owners and why we're so proud uh, to be doing that. Now, the initial uh, part of that court case actually failed. Well, it didn't fail, but uh, was, was unsuccessful uh, in, in the Supreme Court of, of Western Australia. Uh, but since then, we've had one of Australia's most eminent and well-respected legal minds join the case. Uh, Justice Brett Walker, a QC, he's currently now chairing the Royal Commission into the Murray-Darling Basin in South Australia. He's one of Australia's most respected legal minds and he's had a look at this case and he's said, yes, you've got very strong uh, public interest grounds here. We can see why you're trying to take this uh, case to court and I'm going to uh, um, uh, put, put my support behind this case and help you to argue that case in the Court of Appeal. Uh, so we believe that uh, that's a really important uh, avenue to be taking through the courts, not just to stop that uh, Ulyria approval, uh, but also to stop that uh, precedent which would allow extinction uh, of, of wildlife uh, in other places across Western Australia. Now, the court case itself has been uh, delayed a bit because uh, Brett Walker is obviously a very busy man, uh, so it's going to be heard now next year. Uh, but what that actually means, that's, that's good, because every week, every day, every minute that we can buy in terms of delaying this approval is a good thing. The federal minister still hasn't given the federal approval for that project, and part of the reason is because this court case is pending, they want to see what, what the outcome of the court case is before they approve it. Now, they don't have to do that. They could actually approve it in the same way the Barnett government did. Uh, they knew they were going to lose office, uh, so they issued those approvals for those four uranium mines. The federal government could do the same. But it's actually an interesting situation now uh, because it's Melissa Price, who's actually the member, the federal member for this electorate, who would have to make that decision. And, and it's her uh, signature that's required. So people in this area uh, need to be aware of that. It's not just some uh, distant federal uh, minister based in Canberra. It's actually the local member uh, for this seat who has to make that decision. And I think uh, we, we need to be aware of that and bring that to her attention. And we're certainly going to be seeking meetings with her uh, uh, as soon as we can. She's just been sworn into the role. And I think one of the first issues she needs to understand is that people care about this project and people care about the future of that area. Um, so, so that's, a, uh, I guess, a challenge to us all uh, to make contact with her and make her understand that, that she should not be approving that mine, at least until uh, the, uh, the court case has been properly heard. Um, there's also another development that I just want to uh, 
bring to your attention. This is to do with another one of the projects, uh, the Mulga Rock Project. The Mulga Rock Project kind of came out of nowhere, came from, from, the, from the background. Uh, it wasn't one of those uh, uranium deposits that had been known about uh, for many, many years, like, like uh, uh, Kintyre and, and like Yaliri. Uh, and it's actually got some financial backing uh, from Twiggy Forest, uh, so that means that they actually have some, some financial wherewithal, uh, even though the uranium price is very depressed and it's not something that people are rushing to invest in, uh, Twiggy Forest has backed that particular project. Now, the development there is, they've been the first uh, company out of those four mines that originally got approval to go for that next step of approval, which is actually a really significant stage of approval. It's called the Mine Closure Plan. And we know that uh, a lot of the impacts, the most serious, difficult to deal with impacts of uranium mining occur after the mining phase. And what you've got there is uh, radioactive mine waste that has to be isolated from the rest of the environment for periods way beyond our lifetimes. Uh, you know, 10,000 years is the national standard to isolate radioactive mine tailings from the environment. Now, there's not many people who can you know, say that that's possible to do. The West Australian Department of Mines don't believe that it's possible to do that. And so, that, of course, there's acknowledgement that uh, radioactive mine tailings will leak into the environment, they'll leak into the groundwater, and they'll cause those kinds of problems. But what the Barnett government did was they actually took all of that issue and took it out of the environmental assessment process out of public scrutiny, so none of us have actually been able to have a look at what is being proposed in terms of the end of, of mine closure, uh, the, the end of life of those mines, because they took it out of the gaze of public scrutiny and put it into a black box within the Department of Mines and Petroleum. So there's no public consultation, there's no appeal rights, there's no access to that. And the, that's what they've now initiated that next approval stage by, by uh, putting in their draft mine closure plan. Now, just before I got on the plane, I was signing letters to every single uh, Labor member of parliament to say, that's not good enough. We need to see public consultation on this. We need to see public scrutiny on this. We have a right as members of the public and traditional owners and people on country to know what it is they're proposing for the next 10,000 years for that mine site. And we have a right to comment on it and say, is that good enough? We have a right to know what is going to be the impact on the groundwater? What is going to be the impact on the native species in that area? And is that something that uh, should be approved? And this is going to be WA Labor's first key test of whether they're going to allow these mines to go to that next step. So this mine closure plan is a critical thing as well. And uh, it's something that I encourage everyone to, to get involved with having input into. Uh, we think that we will be able to get some public scrutiny to bear on that. The Labor government did come into power with some commitments about transparent government and we're going to try and hold them to those commitments, uh, particularly in respect of this issue. Uh, so that's the Mulga Rock project. They're the two projects that uh, we really need to keep an eye on. Uh, KA will, will probably uh, tell you a bit about the other two uh, uh, afterwards and you can see from the animation. But they're the two that are, uh, you know, one's in the courts and the other one's going through this process with the Department of Mines and Petroleum that we as a community need to have input into. So just from a Conservation Council perspective, we represent 103 community groups 
across Western Australia and all of those groups, whether or not they're focused on their local wetland or climate change or biodiversity or whatever it is that they're interested in, they support the Conservation Council and KA and the anti-nuclear campaign to make sure that Western Australia stays uh, nuclear free and make sure that these mines go ahead. And that whole community of support fully and totally understands that potential legal precedent, which would be very dangerous for the state uh, if that uh, Yaliri uh, project doesn't get overturned in the courts. So there's a lot of uh, support there for that. And I can see from the uh, number of people that have turned out for the walk, there's a lot of people that are committed to, to country as well and being on country. So thanks for that. Uh, and yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to get out on country this year with the walk. I'm uh, really um, sad about that. And it sounds like you, you, know, you guys have had an, an amazing uh, journey. But I can still draw some strength and energy from the people in this room and just from being out here very briefly and from the traditional owners that we're working with. Uh, so yeah, thanks again for being part of it. And, um, yeah, I'll be able to answer questions later as well if you've got any. That's good. Thanks, Piers. So 10,000 years. Who was here 10,000 years ago? Well, we were. <laughs> and who will be here in 10,000 years' time? <laughs> we will. And so a mine closure plan is a very important uh, document and it's very important that we as a community get to have a say over what happens to that land you know ideally not to mine but if you do we need to have the rules in place as to what happens uh, to that land after the mine has uh, closed um, before we do go to the next speaker I will acknowledge uh, some other uh, people in the room. So you already know Elizabeth and Shirley and Vicky. Uh, Libby and Debbie from Jumaburga. And also up the front here we've got Geraldine uh, and you've probably met Colleen already. And then Mr Stokes, uh, Delson Stokes. And I particularly want to pick on him today because when he was a little fella, he was marching down and going on protests down the main street of Kalgoorlie uh, against Yuliri uh, uranium mine. And that just shows that we've been fighting this fight for a long time. Um, and we've been fighting this fight for a long time. It's a generational thing. And so looking after country does not start and end with one person. It goes on for generations. And, uh, yeah, so just backing up what Piers was saying there, it's very important that we access and get to know what is being proposed in these mine closure plans. And one other thing I will say before I hand over to the old Jilby over here. Um... Politicians are our servants. They work for us. Um, we often forget that and we often put them onto pedestals that they're untouchable. But basically, politicians are the servants of the people. 
and government departments are the servants of the people. And the more that we start thinking in that way, the more empowered we become. And that's one thing I hope you, know, you go away with, is Rachel's the Senator for Western Australia. She's there, her office is open and available to all of you here. Matthias Corman is a Senator of Western Australia. His office is open and available. I, he'll probably shut the door on you, but you still go and knock because it's your right to go and access your local member. You're listening to The Rad Show on 3CR Community Radio. I'm K.A. You've been listening to the recordings from the recent Leonora public meeting held on Wongatha Country about the campaign to stop uranium mining and to contest any nominations for a WA radioactive waste dump. Thanks a million to traditional owners Kato Moore and Vicky Abdullah, both staunch activists to protect their land and country and culture from uranium mining. Thanks to Senator Rachel Seawert and Piers Verstegen from the Conservation Council of Western Australia. And lastly, a massive thanks to Jilma Pulka, Aboriginal radio station, to Debbie and Libby Carmody for giving me permission to use these recordings. You can find out more about Jilma Pulka at www.jilma963fm.com.au and I've also put the link on the 3CR website, www.3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. I'll end the show with the last of Pierce's response to a question from the audience on how, as campaigners, do we hold the government accountable for their actions. Thanks for listening and here's to a nuclear-free future. We um, do have every right to feel extremely disappointed with Labor. The the first test, and it wasn't even the first test because this issue goes back years and and decades with federal Labor as well, but the first test was whether the government were going to um, stop uranium mining completely in Western Australia and they've failed to do that when they came to office here in Western Australia. Um, What they said was that they're stopping any new exploration for any new sites, so that's a good thing. Uh, But for those four mines that were given approval under the dying days of the Barnett government, those rushed approvals, that was really a tactic by the Barnett government to bind Labor uh, into somehow uh, allowing those uranium mines to go ahead. And so I think uh, that was a dirty tactic. And in the case of Ulyri, it went against the advice of the EPA. And they certainly, uh, at the time, manipulated the EPA and the approvals processes to get that outcome. So Labor felt like they were bound to that. And the reason that they felt that was because they didn't want to have... And, you know, we we dispute this legal advice and there's different uh, takes on this. But the the take on it that, that, that Labor... Um, accepted was that if they stopped those four mines then they could be sued by each of those four mining companies and they'd have to pay out significant amounts of taxpayers money to uranium miners uh, for projects which they didn't believe would ever be viable anyway so they thought that would be a bad outcome Uh, so they've taken what you might consider to be the easy road and allowed these projects to go through the system. And the question is, how do we hold them to their promises? How do we hold them to uh, be accountable? Uh, and I think this mine closure plan is really our first chance to do that. If, if we, I mean, as I say, we don't accept uh, that they should have allowed those four projects to continue, but they are doing that. 
and now this mine closure plan is going to be that first key test. And those very people that Liam mentioned, uh, our friends within the Labor Party, I mean, it is a broad church, and I'm, I'm not a member of the Labor Party, I'm not an apologist for it, but it's a broad church, and there are people in the Labor Party who support uranium mining. And there is this sense in West Australian Labor that the only way to retain our power in government in Western Australia is not to piss off anyone from the mining industry or anyone from the resource industry. And that's really what's behind this, I believe. It's not that there's any particular ideological drive with anyone in Labor uh, to support uranium mining. It's because it's been made out by parts of the resource industry as this key issue, this key test uh, for credibility about whether you support the resource sector. And Labor, and particularly Mark McGowan, he is scared of the resource sector. He is scared of big mining, uh, and he is scared of, of the potential impact that they can have on his electoral chances of maintaining government. And so I think that's what's driving him. Uh, and so, yes, we are part of what we uh, would like to think of as, as the Labor Party or the progressive side of politics as their base. Uh, but then when they get into power, they can be, you know, quite a different beast. And so, um, but there are parts of that approval system that we can apply some scrutiny and, and hold them to account. And I think we need to do that. But I think it's absolutely necessary to, for, for people to be calling them out as well. And certainly we do that. 